welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that promises that 35% of their content is not safe for work. Here are two guys who will kiss your ass, not on this side and not on that side, but right in the middle. Matt and Doug. Yeah, accents are really not her strong suit. <laughs> She she sounds like a, a female German baker. <laughs> but the oh. way the way she said that, it, it immediately threw something into my head. Sometimes nothing tastes better than a fresh tossed salad. <laughs> That's great. Do you remember uh, lying in bed together <laughs> in Germany when we were staying at that dude's mom's house in, the, in her basement? Yeah. And we were watching TV at like one o'clock in the morning. And what was the name of the show that we were watching? Oh, God, I do not remember. Was it Peep? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> and that's when we realized that there was nudity on mainstream German television. And we were quite shocked. Yeah, but I guess we probably should introduce ourselves. Uh, yes. It's Matt. I am here once again. And how are you doing, Doug? Hello, everybody. It's me, Doug. Do you like my new podcast pipes that I'm going to try out for the podcast today? <laughs> Okay, you, you go with that. So I was doing a re-listen of the podcast from last week, and it was filled with smut. I mean, there was a lot of sex talk, and that certainly was not my intention when I came up with this podcast, but it's evolved into that, and I guess I'm okay because it's not that bad. Uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to, the Zabecast, he suggested a podcast called Call Her Daddy, are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. Oh my god. This chick, I think it's part of Barstool Sports, but this chick is just raunchy and talking about getting slammed, and it's, I mean, it's its pretty graphic. I got ten minutes into it, and I thought it was too hardcore for me. Well, you know, you do have a delicate sensibilities, so. Yes, yes. So, have you heard what the protesters are doing in Portland, Oregon? No, I have not. Um, Am I going to have to cut this? I mean, should I just prepare to cut this segment, Doug? (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) We're trying to avoid politics, but please, go ahead. They are literally filling balloons up with poop, and that's what they're throwing at at the police. Who does number two work for? So, it had me thinking, how do you do that? Do you spoon it in there? Do you get it right from the source? Like, do you have like a bunch of prunes the night before and then load that bad boy up as you're hovering over the toilet? How do you actually fill a balloon up with poop without getting poop all over yourself? Because you have kids. I'm sure you filled up water balloons at the hose before, correct? Sure. And you get wet doing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I would have to imagine filling up a, po- a balloon with poop. You're going to get some on you. You know, I, 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 I wasn't familiar with it, but just thinking of the logistics of it, because trying to get anything into a balloon is is not easy, and you know, poop is. <laughs> you, you know, you're pushing it, and balloons expand, but they are by their design constrictive, so that is not going to be a lot unless. Maybe they came up with some kind of contraption. They MacGyvered a way to get poop in there. I, I honestly don't know, but I think that's probably out of their wheelhouse. Like sucked up poop out of a pan with a turkey baster and then jammed the turkey baster into the balloon and hit the plunger? I, I still think it's a messy operation no matter yeah. how, how you do it. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any worse, <laughs> you know, we had the wildfires in Australia, the pandemic, the race riots, and just when you think it couldn't get any worse, we have an election coming up and the election's going to go, here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've, you've seen the different stand-up things that I've done, and obviously I have not done stand-up in a while because of the pandemic, and I think I might actually be retired from that, but right before the last election, so probably four years ago, a month from now, give or take, I was on stage and I was talking about how I cannot believe these are the best options that we collectively as a society can put together, and no matter who wins, we ultimately will lose, and I think about that, and no, 2020 has actually found a way to find actually worse candidates than we had in uh, 2016. Yeah, 330 million people in this country. And we get old sleepyhead and <laughs> grab him by the pussy. I mean, come on. Yeah, if 2020 was a cigarette, it would be lit from the other end. Oh, that's worse. You, ever do, well, see, you don't do the lucky cigarette thing, right? No, I do not. Because you're not 16 or 15 or 14? <laughs> Well, and I don't buy cigarettes. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, that that's that, that cigarette, that's the one that doesn't cause cancer, is the lucky cigarette. I thought the ultralights were the good athletic cigarettes. Well, there's that as well. But, I mean, the lucky cigarette actually is like uh, a, a steroid if, if, if you're smoking when you are about to do something athletic. Okay. There you go. Gets the heart pumping, right? Exactly. All right. So is it time for a little housekeeping? And now, it's time for Podcast Housekeeping. All right, so I'm pretty certain that this is going to be the last week that we bring up happy days in our podcast. (laughs) Never in my wildest dreams that I think three weeks in a row we would be discussing Richie and Fonzie and Potsy and Ralph Nelf. But uh, Fonzie did have a girlfriend in season 10. Her name was Ashley Fister, played by the lovely Linda Pearl. She was a divorced mom. And her little girl was the girl, little girl in Poltergeist. Hmm. She died. Not very long after Poltergeist, I believe. Correct, yeah. Some Poltergeist strange... is like one of those weird, somewhat cursed series. Series, that's not a word. Series. What is that noise? What, what, what's vibrating on your desk right now, Matt? <laughs> that's actually the fan on my laptop. It'll, it'll stop in just a second. Don't okay. you worry about it, Doug. I, never, I do what I have to do. We've never had that happen before. Please rise. Now sit on it. The Fonz be with you? And I'll sit with you. Let us A. A. And the fan has ended. All right. And then we also brought up Sanka. It doesn't keep me up at night, but it helps me poo. Uh, I actually remember that cart- that uh, commercial watching Bugs Bunny cartoons. But that was one of the earlier decaf coffees, and you can still buy it on Amazon. Well, you can buy anything on Amazon. Yeah. Do you think you can buy uh, Tab? One calorie? Ooh, that would be probably more of an eBay thing. You think so? Okay. I don't think they make Tab anymore. Do they make RC Cola? Pretty sure they do. Okay, Royal Crown, correct? Yes, correct. And that would probably go best with Crown Royal? Oh! (laughs) Yeah, and then you had mentioned that you worked in a park, and I unearthed this audio clip of you at that park. 
Sorry, folks. Park's closed. <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were going to go with that. but okay. okay. All right. And then you had mentioned the fat English chick that was in Pitch Perfect. That is actually Rebel Wilson. And Correct. I can refer to her as the fat English chick because her name in that movie is Fat Amy. That is and correct. She's always cast as the sassy fat English chick with a heart of gold. Yeah, and she actually she's lost a, a significant amount of weight, and I just I know. And how do you put this? I respect people that do things to better themselves, but you you just have to think that when you go from a certain size to a certain size, unless you do a lot of plastic surgery to fix some of that, that's just got to be a shit show underneath because of the skin. Because the skin does not retract. And you just got to think it's like all this loose skin and it doesn't paint like a really pretty picture. It's like Fat Bastard in Austin Powers Gold Member at the end where they show that he's lost all this weight. And he's like, look at me arm. It looks like a vagina. <laughs> Um, and then you wanted me to bring up something about Keurigs yeah so I and we could have done this in the end of this with the listener roundup but I got feedback from multiple people about me reusing Keurig cups and I want to put a little context around this but one specific thing that I got from somebody said what the f*** is wrong with you you do not reuse Keurig cups right and let me explain, and then it will make sense. It, at least the Keurigs that we had where I worked, they had like a 4-ounce, and I think an 8-ounce, and a 10-ounce. You could pick one of those three things for how much liquid it actually would put into your, your cup. And my coffee mug actually held like 12 or 14. So it, it held well more than what the dispensing capabilities were. So what I would do was I would go and I would do a 10, for example. And then after I did the 10, I would do, a, I would lift up the thing, close it back down and then hit the four. So I was not getting coffee, taking the Keurig cup, t- taking it back to my desk, setting it in a drawer, finishing my cup of coffee over the next hour and a half, going back with my used Keurig cup and, and doing it. So that's what I meant about reusing them. I didn't mean reusing them over the course of an extended period of time. Or like a normal human being, you could have just drank that 10 ounces and then gone back and made another 10 ounces with a new Keurig cup. That's not efficient, Doug. Uh-huh. Yes, but having watered-down coffee is efficient. Oh, that's okay. Uh, I have some other stuff for housekeeping as, okay. as well. And I think that you have another thing that you'll bring up here in just a second. But you did forget something last week, and you forgot this. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft and smooth. That is some quality acting there. (laughs) Episode 2. Worst episode ever. Yeah, no, I I meant to talk about how we went to the beach in Door County and how much I hate going to the beach because you just get sand everywhere, no matter what you do. I mean, we literally did the whole where you grab a bucket of water, take it onto the pavement, dip your feet into there, 
dry off your feet, and then put your shoes back on, and you still get sand all over the place. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of the beach. My kids love the beach. Not a fan. Okay. One other thing from housekeeping from last week is Doug was very proud of a lie he told to me. And not just that he told a lie, but that I bought it. And I said, really? Really? And I went back and I listened to it. And I was completely ignoring what you said. I no, it, you didn't. You, no. you said you said I did not know that. <laughs> no, and even even if that is true, which it is not, but even if yes. it's true, it is a perfect example of. But if you ask me, Doug, you're the one being childish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that would come up again. Okay, and then uh, I think there's one last thing for housekeeping. Um. I don't know. Is there? Oh, Doug. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry you had to cue me on that. <laughs> uh, so, last week I talked about my first kiss and how my buddy and I had arranged that we were going to play Truth or Dare with these two girls. And it was going to be, basically, I was going to be asked, Dare. And my buddy would say, okay, you need to kiss this girl. Matt had alluded in our conversations, and also Jen, that I need to ask the story of <laughs> cheesy things that Matt has said. So, this is, and I gave you credit. I didn't, I wasn't tearing you down for that particular thing. I, I gave you kudos for, for seeding the pot, as I, I call it. I thought that was clever. Uh-huh. So, my wife and I, there's a little bit of a disagreement of when our first date was. Because when my, the first time my wife and I were somewhere outside of work together, because we, we were working at the same place, we had gone to lunch, which I don't think lunch counts as a date. That's just I disagree. my opinion. I, I think it's if there's food involved and some sort of beverage, it's a date. Mm, I, I disagree. But so we had gone out a, a couple days later. I Apparently, she was so desperate that despite the freak that I was at lunch, she still agreed to go out with me another night. And we were at this bar and it was March 30th or it was, it was one of the last days in March and we're sitting at the bar and it's like 1130, 1145. And you know, we're getting along pretty good. And I'm just thinking, okay, how can I, how can I, how can I make this work? How can I, you know, seal this deal, so to speak. And I turned to her and I said, you know, this is the last day of March. And she's like, yeah, it is. And I said, well, I'm a very statistically driven person. And, you know, I haven't kissed anybody in the month of March. So I, I really think you got to kiss me now. So I get a, at least a kiss in the month of March. And 20 and a half years later, we are still together. <laughs> it's amazing that she said yes. I, I'm just shocked. <laughs> How you managed to get that woman to walk down the aisle and- I'll, I'll never get it. I'll never get it because I know you. You're <laughs> you're screwed up in the head, almost as bad as I am. The the funny thing is that is far from the cheesiest thing that I've done. Oh well, should we talk about what I said to get to get laid at your wedding? <laughs> do we need? Should I bring that story up? If you do say this now, I am not going to cut it out. <laughs> tomorrow when you when you have second thoughts yeah okay let's not let's not let's not do it then <laughs> okay fine okay so is that it for housekeeping yeah so what have you been up to my man well as as you know from facebook we are the exterior 
stuff on our house is, is finally complete. And I put, posted some before and after pictures of it, and Doug responded with, meh. <laughs> it looks very nice, Matt. But one of the things that the person who did, the, not repairs, but whatever you want to call it, to our house, he asked if I could give him some before and after pictures. And, of course, he asked this after it was done. Which makes the before ones, I you know somehow got to pull these out of my ass, and had to search and try to find pictures from before we had all this renovation done. But I was able to do it, and I was doing it with a drone, and I went and I was taking the after pictures, and I was trying to make sure that I was not in any of the pictures, just because he's using them probably for his like his sales technique or whatever he can show. This is what it looked like. This is what it looks like now. And the last thing you need to see is my ugly ass in these pictures. Yeah, not good for his marketing. Exactly. And I noticed in one of the pictures, I'm in the corner of it. And it's up above and from behind. And oh my God, am I completely going bald. And it is so depressing. And my wife asked how I felt about that. What am I feeling? Yeah, so I think I'm just going to shave my head. I'm, I'm pretty much done. But because of my height and the fact that I wear a hat, the only person that ever really sees that I'm bald are like guys at a truck stop. But other than that, nobody ever sees the back of my head. <laughs> are you a lot lizard? <laughs> <laughs> but that was just a, that was kind of a, a depressing thing. It's interesting with me being bald and I'm, I'm 85%. 88% bald. When I look in the mirror or when I see myself, you know, walking past the storefront, I look, I appear to have hair. But then when I see pictures of myself, yeah, man, I am freaking bald. So, I mean, I, I just went and bought my own pair of hair clippers and just set it at a number one and zzz, 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 and I'm done. And I've saved hundreds of dollars the last couple of years. But it, it's haircuts. it's it's just depressing to me, mm, and yeah. I I think that it is, you know, I, I'm just going to play out the string. I last as long as I do, but you know, I I I still have color in the hair that I have because the beard comes in completely gray, and now it's like I I've never felt old, and I don't feel old, but I just look old, and that that really just depresses the shit out of me. Well. You know, I hate this saying, but I'm going to say it anyways. Suck it, it up. It is what deal. it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know which cliche you were going to go with. <laughs> All right. So this week in Wisconsin, it was hot as balls. And, and when I do my pest control work, I wear these large green rubber gloves that go up to my elbows. That they appear to be the same type of gloves that you would use to artificially inseminate a cow. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. I think it would be an interesting job. Uh, but I'm sure it'd probably get old at some point. But on hot days like this, usually by the end of the day, when I'm doing my last couple of appointments, I take my glove off and I, I, I will hold it by the fingertip and several teaspoons or tablespoons of sweat will come out of there. It's actually quite disgusting. So on days like that, I will usually just grab a new pair of gloves and throw them in my truck and I grab two left gloves. And so I had to work in two left gloves. Yeah, I, hate that. I, I do that with socks all the time. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, it bodes well for me because I'm a lefty because, you know, you have to work the mouse with your right hand. <laughs> Are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. 
That's but I use the mouse with my right hand. Okay, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just think okay. funny. No, all right. <laughs> Boy, tough crowd tonight. <laughs> we had our school open house this last week, and we're going back to school full time on Tuesday. The boys are, anyways. And typically with schoolhouse, you just kind of show up whenever in this hour and a half, two hour window and you'd meet your teacher and go, the kids would go have their pictures taken. But because of the Rona, we had to schedule 15 minute increments to go in and, and bring supplies and, and meet the teacher. And it was actually kind of nice because you weren't competing with another parent asking a gazillion useless, is that a dog? Is that your dog? going? <laughs> yeah, it actually is. You can hear that. Go away. I can okay. hear that. Jojo, go away. You're, yeah, you're breathing too heavy, buddy. Sorry. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, you didn't. We didn't have to compete with any other parents to asking pointless questions, which you could do in an email. And also, usually you'd have to go into the gymnasium to have the kids' pictures taken, and it was usually a good half hour wait because you were in like you know cattle lines. There was nobody there. You walked in, you took your picture, and what was usually an hour and a half process, we were in and out of there in less than twenty minutes. So I like it. Cool. That's it. You got anything else? You did a pretty boring week for you? Uh, well, yeah, I think it actually probably was a pretty boring week. It was, well, the big first part of the week was just trying to put, <laughs> uh, not Camp I Me Love, Fast Times together, which I'm, I'm hoping that this podcast is half the length of that one. But I did, even though the, that podcast was pretty long and it was technically just a, a mess because of some technical issues, it actually, I thought, turned out pretty well. Yeah, other than the hour of Matt and Doug's smut talk. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, time for Sound of the Week. What's that sound from 80s movies? What's that sound from 80s movies? You can play along and have some. So it's my week to give Matt a sound, and I think this is kind of a layup for you. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Okay, that means I'm going to get it wrong. Okay, yeah, it's the beginning of Back to the Future when he's he's turning on the amplifier. Uh-huh. I'm still going to let it play out, but I'm correct, right? You are correct. Yes, sir. Like I said, there's a layout. I think I probably would have got it eventually. It, it's, it's almost like name that tune where I should get credit because I got it so quickly. But you're you right, this was a pretty quickly. pretty easy one. Yeah. Do you do that? No, I didn't. Because I, oh. I, I figured, okay, he, would, he will totally get it if he gets the first chord of Marty's guitar. Okay. All right. Hot damn, I'm thirsty, man. Oh, yeah. Matt and Doug are buddies. They are the best kind. They came up with the podcast called Beta Max Rewind. But now they got zipper? a question. Yes. You know was that my cooler or was that my pants? They're gonna ask it now. What are they each drinking? All I can say is, God, I hope you're not masturbating <laughs> while we're talking. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. Not All right. Not yet. <laughs> Wait till I get a couple drinks in. And we start and we uh, start talking about what's her face. Um, God, why can't I even think of her name now? Shannon Tweed. Shannon, Shannon Tweed. 
<laughs> Shan- yeah, Shannon Tweed. She's an attractive lady. Uh-huh. All right, so normally we do this podcast on a Sunday night, usually about 6 or 7 o'clock, but it's Saturday. And we started it at 5 o'clock, which means I have some hangout time with my missus tonight, so I don't want to get all loopy and have three beers and uh, not be able to have hangout time with my missus. So I am drinking a Founders All-Day IPA. This is considered a session ale, meaning that it is low-octane, 4.7% alcohol. I've had this beer many times. Uh, My friend Jerry turned me on to it. And it's not my favorite IPA, but it it does the trick. It certainly is not like Coors or Miller Lite. And you know we we refer to Coors and Miller Lite as like having sex in a canoe. Do you know why? Damn near water. It's fucking close to water. Okay, same same difference. Yes. All right. So, Mwah. tasty, tasty. So, uh, on average, how many? How many drinks do you have in, on the podcast on average? Uh, between two and three. Okay. I drank a six-pack last week during the podcast. Oh, wow. I'm t- you know what? I feel kind of bad because I may be turning you into an alcoholic with this podcast. <laughs> I, I have drank more with you on the podcast this year than I've drank outside combined. So that's okay. pretty sad. But you know, everything I drink is pretty pretty you know lame anyway this week i am drinking a different variation of a twisted tea this is the peach kind it's you know it's five percent alcohol by volume it came in one of those 12 packs you know where it has three three of these three of these or maybe it's four of these four of these so yeah it's two-thirds gone yeah that sounded like you're using your flashlight (laughs) I can't even do a... I don't know what a fleshlight is. What's a fleshlight, Doug? <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Google it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do it a little bit differently. I'm sorry, Doug. You don't get to hear your voice. You get to hear this instead. Oh, yeah. All right. This week, we are talking... 1984's Hot Dog the Movie. Released January 15th on a $4 million budget, it grossed $20 million. It was directed by Peter Markle, who's best known as directing Youngblood with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze movie. I believe that's a hockey movie, which I've never seen. It is. And Back 21 with Gene Hackman, which is a Vietnam War film. I'll tell you what, it all comes back to Swayze and Hackman on this podcast. It was, direct, it was written by Mike Marvin, and Mike Marvin is best known for doing ski videos, uh, documentaries, and he directed all of the skiing scenes. Uh, basically, this movie is loosely based on what uh, different skiing events, so I think there's probably some factual fiction that goes on with this movie. Start Patrick Hauser as Harkin, David Naughton as Dan Callahan, but you know Dan or uh, David Naughton from American Werewolf in London. Tracy Smith as Sunny, she was only seen in Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. John Patrick Rigger as Rudy, and Shannon Tweed as Sylvia Fonda. You may know Shannon Tweed as Playboy's 1982 Playmate of the Month. Are you all done? I'm all done. I gave more of a bed than you needed. Okay. 
So before we jump into the movie, I have one thing I need to bring up. Okay. Is over the course of these movies that we've talked about, you know, I've introduced some terms to you that, that you've picked up on, such as like diegetic when it comes to music. And then also, you know, Chekhov's gun, which is not just a movie thing, but, you know. Hold on a second. Hold on. With that diegetic, I've heard it. What does it mean? Diegetic means that the music is actually in the film itself. So okay. when a band is on stage and they're playing, like Eddie and the Cruisers, for example, that would be considered diegetic music. But okay. when there's just music playing in the background that is not being played by a boombox or, or something like that, that is just to accompany the film, that is what is called non-diegetic. All right. But in this film, as I watched it, it feels like there are substantial chunks of this film missing. I agree. Because there are so many things that are introduced that go absolutely nowhere. <laughs> right. Kind of like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But much more so it, because these are things where, and I'll actually point some of them out, but they almost seem like red herrings in like a Agatha Christie murder mystery, for example, where, okay, this is brought up. But it doesn't actually point to who the killer is. But there's a lot of stuff that is brought up. And it is so weird that it is brought up specifically. And then it ends up being nothing at all in the context of a larger film. All right. So it's possible, you know, with this type of... They refer to this on IMDb as a teenage sex comedy. This is not a teenage sex comedy. It's a sex comedy. Right. But with that, we can get into the film proper. All right. So, you had never seen this movie, correct? Correct. Okay, I saw this. My dad took my brother and I to this movie. I was 10 years old. And I had a lot of questions in the car ride on the way home, which my dad was happy to explain because that's just how he rolls. Uh, but we were, a, we were a skiing family. Um, I mean, I, my subdivision that I grew up in was on top of of a downhill ski hill. Now it closed down when I was seven years old before I learned how to ski, but my brother and sister and my dad skied on that hill a lot. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ski at all? I probably went skiing every week, every other week for about 10 years straight. Okay. So yeah. So I, when we saw this movie, we loved it. I mean, it was funny. The skiing was great. There was boobs, a lot of boobs. Yep. Uh, do you have anything to add? <laughs> I've, I've actually skied three times in my life, but... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> again, Matt's lies. You know, I'm just rolling with it. It's, again, how did your wife say yes to you? Because the lies just roll off of your tongue so easily. If, and if you can lie to me this easily, I can only imagine what the things that you say to your wife. I. Uh, my wife and I have an agreement that we are always honest w with each other, whether even when it is difficult to be honest. Okay. And that is true because with she is like perfect example is she'll come out to see me like do a comedy show. And I, I've, I've had shows where I blew the doors off. I was awesome. I did great. And then I have had shows where I went up there and I absolutely ate my ass and not in a good way. And usually when people come to see you, when you die on stage, when you absolutely bomb, they'll be talking to you afterwards. You're like, oh, you were funny, da 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 And my wife will say to me, you sucked. You were you were freaking terrible. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Okay. And, and so 
it is, you know, we try, try to be as honest as we possibly can with each other. All right. All right. Well, let's get, let's get into the movie. So it starts off with a ski sequence uh, with the main character, Harkin, is strapping up and he's going down the hill. What I found interesting is nobody wears helmets. And when I was skiing as a kid, nobody wears helmets. But now if you go to the ski hill, I would say 75 to 80% of the people wear helmets. Especially when you're skiing out in in California or Colorado or Utah. Some of those hills are are pretty demanding on the body. And you just have to wear a helmet. Because that's how Sonny Bono died, is he did a face plant into a tree. Do you wear a helmet when you bike? Yes, I do. Even if I'm going around the neighborhood with the kids, I wear I wear a helmet. Well, I would assume you would when you're with the kids, just to lead by example. But if you know you're just kind of going and doing something on your own, no, yeah, always because I'm a worst case scenario kind of guy. I was a volunteer firefighter for ten years, and I saw a lot of carnage that could have been avoided. More times than not, when we would roll up at somebody's house, we were uh, showing up when somebody was experiencing pretty much the worst day of their life, whether it was an injury or a death or, you know, something that could have been avoided. And like I a saw, wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's something that could be avoided. You know why divorce is so expensive, right? Because it's worth it? Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as we had kids, I just started wearing a helmet, not only leading by example, but, you know, I can't go down and, and get a concussion and not be able to work or not be able to parent because my brains are scrambled. So, yeah, I wear a helmet. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't ride bikes, so I don't have to worry about that. But counterpoint to your whole um, diatribe you just went on is, do you or do you not wear a life vest when you are canoeing? I do not wear a life vest when I'm canoeing. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, I feel like I, I can swim, but I can't prevent my head from hitting a tree or the pavement if, if I wipe out on my bike. Well, you know, everybody, yeah, I don't even know where to go with that. It, honestly, the amount of hell you would catch. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I had one of those orange life vests on. Yeah. Maybe I'll try that out next year and see what happens. Hey, guys, I'm a worst case scenario type of fella. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. <laughs> Most of the stuff that would be said to you would would not even be able to be said on this podcast, beat down right. or not. Right. So most of the main characters in this movie did not know how to ski. And I found that interesting because I watched the movie and then I read the, the information on IMDb. And I kind of figured, okay, this Patrick Hauser fella, who's a good looking guy but can't act for shit. They, they must have pulled him for this movie because he must have been like a professional skier. Kind of like casting uh, Gina Carraro in a in an action movie because she can fight and she's a badass dick. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he couldn't ski. He could he could barely even stand up on his skis. It was so bad. He was, well, you know why he was cast. I do not. It was for his guitar playing ability. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which we'll get to in a little bit. But I found it very interesting that David Naughton got top billing in this movie. So... I, I have had this written down, and I sent an email to to it myself about it, but I didn't somehow put it into my notes that I'm looking at right here. Shannon Tweed is also is or was married, and she might still be married to um, Gene Simmons, the lead singer Correct. of Kiss, not lead singer, the um, bass player from Kiss. Correct. 
And she appeared in Detroit Rock City. And David Naughton also has a credit in Detroit Rock City, but not as an actor, as a performer, because he has a song that he released that is on the Detroit Rock City soundtrack. Is this the one with the kid from Terminator 2? Yes, Edward Furlong. All right, never saw it. No, I never saw it either. I just, when I was trying to find ways to get to my movie from this movie, I had to go through all of like her IMDb and stuff like that. And I found that I thought that was interesting. How did you get to Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink? <laughs> I've never seen Pretty in Pink. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> I will I will tell you ahead of time, this movie that I picked for next week is not so much a map pick as it is a gen pick. Oh, really? I mm-hmm. thought this was Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug. All right, wife of show, Jen. <laughs> <sighs> All right. The veto button might come out. No, it's not a bad movie. All right, we'll see. Okay, so it starts off with him skiing, and then we see him driving his beat-up old truck, and he's got the you know the four sets of skis on either side, which I found interesting. Why not just throw the skis in the back of the pickup truck? Why have this special rack built for them? I guess because it looks cool. I don't know. And he's getting gas. And then a free hugs and kisses van pulls up and kicks out our female lead, Sunny, uh, with all of her cassette tapes. And Harkin rolls up on her and he's like, hey, do you need some help? And she's like, get out of here, buddy. And he's like, come on, I'm heading west. She goes, well, I'm going to San Francisco. Uh, she's not as cute as I remember. You just blew through like a whole big chunk of my notes, but <laughs> that's that's fine. But one of the things when she gets thrown out of the van with her cassettes, which this is one of those things I'm talking about that kind of seems like it should go somewhere. She, what does she say to the people in the van? I I don't remember. You've got lousy taste in music. Okay. Well, so, do you think do you think she got all those cassette tapes uh, for a penny from Columbia? <laughs> Columbia House Music. I'm pretty sure I still owe them money. You know, I think I ran that scam two or three times and got all kinds of cassettes. Do you remember how it worked? How the whole Columbia thing worked? Oh, yeah. You sent them like a penny and then they had all the stickers and you picked like the different ones that you want. And then you had to buy so many over so long at their full price, which was like $20 for a cassette. And if you didn't mail back in the thing, they sent you their pick of the month, which was right. eh, okay. But in college, that was a big thing in college, was people would completely scam, run that scam. Yeah, I remember actually writing them a letter and saying, I'm not 18, there's nothing you can do to me. <laughs> and and I, I swear to God, all correspondence from them stopped. Well, so you figure out a way to beat the system. Yeah, I think I got Billy Squire. Billy Squire was their album of the month at one point. That's one thing I forgot to talk about in What Are You Doing? I started writing again. Mm. And the the thing I'm writing now, just like almost everything else that I wrote, is based on a song and is a Billy Squire song. Which Billy Squire song? Mine Tonight. How does that go? Um, I don't care where you're going. You are mine tonight. You're not going to sing it for us? No, Come I'm not on. going to. Come no. on! No, I, I, I don't know how it goes, actually. Okay, all right. So... Did you check out when he kind of did his Y turn in the road, how close he came to hitting that dog? <laughs> no, if, if I had seen that, I would have been offended because you know how I am about dogs. Yes. So Sonny said the reason why she got kicked out of the van because she was not going down on a guy at 60 miles an hour for a crummy ride. And, you know, I, I, I guess I, I, I see her point, 
But she, throughout this film, is a bitch. There, oh, yeah. There's not a point where she is really a an approachable person. Pretty much through the entire film, she's kind of bitchy. Well, she's not the kind of girl that you would bring home to mom. She's She gets herself in trouble with her mouth. And not in a good way, once again. But right. she gets in the car with him or the truck with him. By the way, the truck for me, very, very triggering. Um, because that type of truck, that old oldie type truck, a girl I dated in high school dumped me to date a guy that drove a truck like that. So huh. I was having a little PTSD based on that. Okay. Uh, and he says, how old are you? And she says, I'm 18 in April. Danger, so does that mean... Danger, no Will Robinson. Danger. Does that mean that she just, she turned 18 in April or she will be 18 in April? That's no, never it, really explained. It means she will be 18 in, in April, which is a, you know, Chris Hansen, why don't you have a seat over there type situation. <laughs> Depending <laughs> look- on what state you're in, whether they have Romeo and Juliet laws and a bunch of other things. Well, they're going to Squaw Valley, which is Olympic Valley, California. So, I I mean, we all know how messed up California is. But she did not look like she was 17. She looked a little too old for that. Uh, Do you know anything about Squaw Valley? No, I do not. Okay, so it was the, the home of the 1960 Winter Olympics. It is the second largest ski area in Lake Tahoe. Okay. Um, Yeah. Harkin, he's a real gentleman. I mean... He's listening to his country music, and she's like, do you have anything else? And he's like, what, you don't like country? Once again, bringing up the music thing, which never comes back after this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she puts in a, a cassette tape with basically, you know, background music for a party that you would see in 80s. No, in, but in would 80s. that be diegetic or non-diegetic? Uh, I would say this is non-diegetic. Okay. It's diegetic because she puts the tape in, and that is the tape they're listening to. All right. Okay. All right. So they show up to the fantasy inn, which is like no, kind of a Sybaris. No. no. What's that? No. The first night, they are at the Siesta Motel. Is that the Siesta Motel? Yes. The first night is the Siesta Motel. When they're there for at the actual ski place, that is when they're at the Fantasy Lodge. Okay. So... Where's the chick with the with, in the hot tub? Is that the siesta lodge or is that the fantasy inn? That is a siesta. Okay. And what did you think about that? Well, th- this... Okay. <laughs> I have a lot to say here. First of all, there's a woman. They show a woman. She's in a hot tub as they are waiting at the front desk for her. And then a guy comes up from the water, meaning that he, he was going down on her, which to me is just inefficient because if you know anything about jacuzzi tubs jacuzzi tub vet vets vets jets are much more efficient at doing what the guy is is trying to do there but she gets up and there's two thoughts since i have two clips here one yours and one mine the first one is that's a huge bitch (laughs) but the second one is a very 80s thing we've got bush And she gets up out of the hot tub and there's just a quick flash of nudity. (laughs) Got to be really quick on the soundboard in this scene. And she gets up and she has a towel and she walks into the, the motel lobby 
And I literally laughed out loud that she is wearing the towel on her head. Right. <laughs> she's fully nude. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually Crystal Smith. She was a Playmate of the Month, September 1971. But they get they get a room, and why don't you continue forward from there? It has a waterbed. And there's no, you know, no, no, that is the, that is the next, that is the next hotel. The first hotel does not have the waterbed. That is the second hotel, the second motel, the the one that they're at for the actual ski thing. This This is is just a regular room. Okay. This is the one where she's watching porn. No, that is the second one. What am I missing here? Did I admit, did I skip over like five minutes of the movie? You're missing a huge, well, okay, let me take over here. So okay, they, you take they, over they, on they, my they, movie. Yeah, they go into the room and she's in the bathroom and she comes out and she's wearing just a towel. And Harkin being the gentleman that he is, he gives her some of his PJs, which really brings me to something that should have been in housekeeping, but I wanted to save it for the film. No, I was okay. all in my jammies, and I was all snuggled in and ready, and just about falling asleep. And I thought it was a real emergency. <laughs> you wear jammies? I was. It was more of a metaphor. No, I wear. <laughs> I sleep in my drawers, man. That's what I. I'm just. Like, your jammies is like okay. Yeah, but I. I don't know anybody other than my children and my wife that wear pajamas. My wife will wear a pair of flannel pajamas that are full pants. And full long sleeve shirt when it's 85 degrees outside. Yeah. And by the way, you completely did miss a scene because the whole thing with the nude woman is at the other hotel. You skipped the whole first motel scene because this the motel part doesn't... The thing with the woman, the naked woman in the hot tub is actually later. So this is all screwed up. But they, they, go, to the, <laughs> they go to the room and they sleep in the same bed. And I was thinking, why didn't they do this? We'll have to sleep head to toe. <laughs> head to toe? Head to toe. <laughs> but they don't sleep head to toe. They sleep regularly. And the next morning, they get up and they're driving to the hotel that you apparently went to first, or motel. And she asks why he didn't try anything that night. But to just back up for just one second. When they first get to the motel, she is asleep on his shoulder. Yes. And he says that he's going to get a room. And she said, she says something about getting into her pants. And he's like, you can sleep in in the truck if you want. And then they go into the hotel. So now, blah, 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 blah. She says that she's going to stick with him. And they get to Squaw Valley. And this is where we get to the fantasy. And this is where the thing with the the jacuzzi is. This is the thing where... We've got Bush. Yes. How (laughs) high. Okay. And they've got a honeymoon suite. The honeymoon suite has a waterbed, a jacuzzi du- a jacuzzi tub, and she turns on the TV and or actually he turns on the TV, I think, and there's porn on the TV and he turns it off and she, and she turns the porn back on. Right. Right. Yeah, great. Real type real nice type of girl that you want to bring home to mom, right? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with watching a little yes. porn. So now they go to dinner. Right. And this is where we are introduced to Rudy Garmish. He comes walking in with this fur coat that's for head to toe. And Harkin is starstruck. He's like, oh, he's the greatest skier in the world. And he goes and introduces himself. And Garmish kind of blows him off. And then right. so, Sonny, she's a real gem. She says this. Hey, Adolf, somebody's talking to you. 
That we work in Europe, yeah? There, the women are beautiful, but also intelligent. Rotate on this, you Nazi bastard! Yeah, some great acting there. You could not say that line in a movie today. You know, too many sensitivities. When when I pull sound clips, or when you send me sound clips, I have to put them onto a board, and I I there's a picture that goes with it, so I can quickly identify what the diff, different clip is, and. For this one, since she's talking about Hitler, I, I figure I'd use Hitler stash as my Google search term to find an image. Surprisingly, Hitler stash brings back only pictures of Hitler. And I could not find a picture that matches what is in my mind when I think of Hitler stash. Is Hitler stash not a common term for that? I don't think so. I don't think... I, I, well, I don't want to speak for most women, but I'm willing to bet that most women would not want their vagina pubic area referred to as a Hitler stash. Uh, I, I'll ask Jen. I don't know. Okay. All right. There's a lot of references to World War II uh, enemies in this movie. I mean, this movie was made, what, uh, 38 years after we had won the Second World War. It seemed like the director was still holding a lot of grudges. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because we have the we have the one character Kamikaze who's wearing a World War II Japanese pilot's leather helmet with the Kamikaze band with the rising sun on it. Yeah, that's I a thought, little bit of a racist character, by the way. Just a, just a little bit. And now we're introduced to Dan O'Callaghan, who uh, he says to Rudy, "Hey, where did you get that coat? Or nice coat? What is that, rat?" <laughs> I should have pulled the rat hat. Thanks. Yes, but now uh, Harkin and Sonny, they go to a, a pretty rough bar. Wait, 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 wait. Am I skipping something again? Yeah, you are. Um, so Dan is introduced and he sits down with Harkin and Dan is somewhat unimpressed with, with the idea of Harkin because Dan talks about, Harkin says something about, you used to be one of the best. And he's like, still am. And then Sonny once again, says something about getting into her pants. So in the course of the first 20 minutes of the movie, she has talked about different guys wanting to get into her pants twice. Hey, buddy, you figure you can get in my pants this way. I figure nothing. That guy wants to get into my pants. Was was that really a common thing? A common Uh, turn of phrase? Uh, there was a joke that a guy sits down to, next to a bar, in a bar with a girl wearing very, very tight pants. And he says, hey, how can I get into those pants? And she goes, well, why don't you try by buying me a couple? Uh, you know what? Skip that. You're going to have to edit that out. I f***ed up that joke. <laughs> okay, so okay. now you definitely have yeah. to edit it out. Yeah, see, now it's just going to be... Like <laughs> some Morris code. But before they get to what I call the cliche bar scene... She yells at a car in the parking lot. <laughs> she really is a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, she's not a good person. Yeah. But they get to the bar and go with your bar story. Um, it's a pretty rough crowd. And apparently they used actual bar patrons from Squaw Valley for this scene. And it's a wet t-shirt contest. And... Yeah. yeah. What happens in 80s movies when there's a wet t-shirt contest, Matt? Oh, well, they're never wearing bras. 
And they're all of these girls in the winter that he's picking out of the crowd. All they have on are t-shirts. Nobody's like wearing a sweatshirt or a sweater that they have to take off to reveal their t-shirt. They're all wearing t-shirts. And he asks Sunny to come up, and she says, "No, no, no, I'm not coming up there." And I was a little disappointed by that. And the MC is actually Buddy Hackett's son. He's a little rapey, isn't he? Yeah, a, a little bit, but he has a great line, though. He says, all, all the guys are pulling for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I like to think is a clever line. <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe it's just me reading between the lines. No, I think that's a pretty clever line. And he starts pouring you know, the water over, and the band starts playing. Now, would that be a diegetic music? That would be diegetic music, yes. Okay. And it, it is Boobfest 1983. <laughs> and... One of the girls, and I think it's she does it with the guy who is the announcer of the contest. Did you see how she drinks the beer bottle? Yeah, he, he pulls the beer bottle out of his pants, out of, through like his zipper. But she deep throats the bottle and pulls it back. Yes. I was, I was you know, very, very happy with it. I mean, this entire scene is... <laughs> so you had you had texted me earlier in the week that said, "Yeah, Jen is not watching this movie," and I said, "Yeah, that sounds like that's a Jen problem." <laughs> did she watch this movie with you? No, she did not. Oh, did you tell her that she should have watched this movie with you? No, and I'm I'm not going to spoil the the surprise of my total thoughts on this movie until the very end. But are are you done with the scene yet? Are you? I am. Ready? Yeah, no, I I'm I'm done. I I, I watched it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't finish the first time right right no but there is one guy in this scene that had your sweater on and i thought that was kind of nice yeah that, but the, the guy all the guys in that crowd they showed one guy several times going hi, 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 hi. <laughs> yeah i mean we we know and we're not going to get into the specifics here but i have never been at a strip club where I knew one of the dancers. And at my age, I probably would not want to. But I've also never been at a bar with a hot t-shirt contest where any of the women that were either with me or I knew entered. I have been at at bars where women that I knew took off their tops, but it, it kind of raises a ethical question for me, for you, Doug. And I'm not going to play the pop quiz hot shot line, even though I, I, I could. Pop quiz, hot shot. So I lied. I did play it. But let's say hypothetically, you found out, not current, because we're almost 50 and nobody wants to see anybody 50 in porn. But you found out that somebody that we went to high school with in a year up, a year down from us, or maybe a couple of years up, a couple of years down, when they were in their mid-20s, they were a porn actress for a period of years. Would you seek out their material? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I so I think I was 23 or 24, and my roommate that I lived with, we went to Summerfest, and we saw Journey and Def Leppard, and came back, and he said, hey, let's go to Ricky's on Main Street, which is a, a titty bar mm-hmm. in West Dallas. Okay. And we're there. And also I look up and I'm like, hey, we went to high school with that chick. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. think you were going to go down that path. But yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And I I did not know them. I had I knew the names, but I would have flown home 
<laughs> to do that. But I, I honestly thought that you would have been a little bit more of a no, I wouldn't search them up. But I, I absolutely would. Oh, of I, course. Absolutely I would. So, like, you find out your your neighbor, your your neighbor's wife used to be a porn star. You you Google her? Yes. Okay, good. You're as much of a scumbag as I am. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was um, a one of the main characters in Game of Thrones that did porn. And, you know, the second I found that out, I Googled her. So, when, when you're watching a movie, what is your your go-to way to find out if a given actress has been naked before? Um, well, there is Mr. Skin, correct? But There's I think Mr. Skin, to, but that one is is not as good as a, some other ones. You have to you have to be a subscriber to that. I, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess just I'll type in on Yahoo the actress's name and then nude in movies. Oh, celebritymoviearchive.com. Okay. It is one of the most commonly visited sites for me. When Jen and I will be watching something on Netflix, I'll pull up the iPad and just be like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> just typing over here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we're back at the hotel room, and we get this fine tune. As this is being played out, she is primping for him. Oh, once, we were dreamers on the rise. We were the sun, where the sun never shines. We were gold. Yeah, so he says that that was an original song that he wrote. What a liar. That was actually, it's, the name of the song is called Dreamers on the Rise, and it's by an artist named... John Stewart, not John Stewart of The Daily Show. And it's actually a song about Robert F. Kennedy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Sonny is wearing the sweater that he gave her and just a pair of panties. And all I can say is, oh, that's yeah. a great look. That is a great look. Yeah, I, you know, you, you, you think of, of different things that, different looks, and not so much the sweater, but just the shirt, whether it be a t-shirt or even better is like a button-down shirt, a button-down uh-huh. shirt that's like half buttoned down, and it's just that and panties. Yeah, that That's a good look. So yeah. uh, wife of show Jen, take note of this conversation. But it's just, it is definitely, it was a good look. Not a big fan of the panties, a little bit larger than it needed to be, but it was the 80s. But still, it was a good look. Yeah, she's wearing some serious granny panties. Um and she's lying there on the bed on her tummy with her legs up in the air. That's another great look. Yeah. It's not quite as good as the frog stance, but still good. Right. And he takes his pants off. And my first thought is, as he's wearing his tidy whities hey, Matt should take this dude underwear shopping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, go- that goes way back. That's a deep dive. That goes way back to one of our earlier shows. Okay. But, but, you know, he's just like, okay, you know, she takes off her sweater. And I swear to God that when I saw this in the theater, that they showed that from the front. And I was so disappointed 
that they didn't. I mean, I was ready, you know. <laughs> no, I did not have a bottle of KY. Yeah, lube in the so, left hand. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was ready going, let's, all right, they're going to show Sonny's boobs, and I was really gearing up for this. And they didn't, and I was really disappointed. Yeah, there's really no nudity in this sex scene. I mean, there's a flash of ass, and then there's legs and side boob and stuff like that, right. but, but and the, not and, really much else. But, you know, she takes her top off, and he's just like... <laughs> I'm really tired now. And she jumps on him and she's like, you're not going to do that to me two nights in a row. Um, But the music that is being played during this sex scene, it's the soft, gentle piano music. And all I could think of, so when we go to church, when we can go to church, when when the Rona is not going on, usually, you know, the pastor will come up, she'll say something, and then she'll say, okay, now it's time for meditation music when you're supposed to sit there quietly and pray. And there's a gal that plays the piano. And that's all I could hear. That's all I could picture was this meditation piano music at church while they were having sex. You know you know who Pavlov was, right? Pav- with Pavlov's dog? Yeah. You, you know yes. the whole thing about operant conditioning? Mm-hmm. So now that you've recently rewatched this film, the next to- time that you actually are able to go to church and you have your meditation time and the piano player starts playing this, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have what I, what I tell my son. Cause we did, we, we, we did have a little bit of a talk about puberty and I told him, I said, dude, you're going to get mystery boners. And he's like, what's a mystery boner? I'm like, it's just where you're sitting in class watching Scooby-Doo. And you're going to get a boner for no reason whatsoever. And he's like, well, what happens? What, what do I do? And I, I had to tell him that if you had to get up while you were sitting in class to push that boner down, don't try and point it up. Point that sucker down and get it down into one of your pant legs. That's the best way to hide that bad boy. Yeah. Um, my kids are 17 and 15. I have not had a discussion about mystery boners with them. <laughs> That's because I'm a bad dad. I used to get mystery boners. Oh, dude, when you well, you were you were Catholic, so you did the whole kneeling in church. How many mystery boners did you get while you were kneeling on the pew? None. Oh, really? No. So here here's a here's a really bad story about me. So I was a I was an altar boy for for a period of time, and then after you kind of age out of being an altar boy because you're not attractive enough for the priest. <laughs> you took my joke, man. <laughs> you become an usher. And I used to usher pretty much every week. And there was one girl that you know, uh, DL, that, <laughs> that DL. went to my church. Oh, you're going to have to tell me who DL is. Number 25. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That wasn't so much a mystery boner. Was that was just a hot chick in church, sitting in the back of the church, you know, type thing. So, yeah. but yeah. So when you were ushering, did you go outside and light up a heater <laughs> during during service? I only do that during weddings. Okay. So now the next day we're at we're at oh, wait 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 before you go forward. I actually I got secondhand feedback, and I know I won't remember this. Somebody that got this podcast suggested to them secondhand was listening to it and they asked is a heater like a joint or is it a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) that's great so for the record a heater is a cigarette 
Or a lung rocket. <laughs> okay, please continue. Mm-hmm. So the next day, we are now at the ski hill, and Harkin runs into Dan O'Callahan, and he's going to introduce him to the Rat Pack. Right. So first, we're introduced to Squirrel, who always has the uh, white sunscreen on his nose. What is that, zinc? Yes, zinc. And I actually think that he is a professional skier, and it was his idea to to wear the zinc on his nose. Well, he's not Kendo. a professional actor, so... No, he certainly is not. Uh, Kendo, who's Japanese, whose nickname is Kamikaze, and he actually did not speak Japanese, but he fooled the crew for three weeks with fake Japanese. <laughs> so, I remember we were in middle school, and apparently this is people enjoy this part of the podcast, so I don't feel bad about doing this, but I think it was actually one of your former roommates um, who... Also, in a previous podcast, was offhand referred to as the person who is actually the ledger. Yes. Did this in a class where we had a substitute teacher for a day, and he pretended that he was a foreign exchange student and did not speak English. And I cannot remember what language he pretended that he spoke, but he spoke with someone through an interpreter (laughs) for the entire period, (laughs) which is actually kind of brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. I've never heard that story before, and I lived with the guy for a year and a half. It might not have been him, but I think it was. It's the kind of thing I think he would do. Okay. It's, I disagree. He was more low-key. He was he, he always kind of kept himself under the radar. But um, And then Fergie, who they refer to as Motormouth, but before he can even speak, Callahan, O'Callaghan kind of puts his finger over his mouth, and we never hear him speak a word the entire movie. <laughs> That's probably because that way they didn't have to pay them as much. Yes. Uh, Banana Pants, who we I think is O'Callaghan's girlfriend. And Secondary then, character, doesn't really yes. do anything. Right. And then Slasher, who is, you know, has the spiked hair, the crazy sunglasses, and is always listening to a Walkman with the orange foam headphones. Right. So, And they're all wearing these, you know... Very 1980s long skis. You take a look at the skis now compared to those skis. So when I was a junior in high school, my dad, I always had hand-me-down skis for my brother. And I actually bought, got a new pair of skis. Uh, so that was 1990. Well, I went skiing in 2006, 2007, I think. And that was mm-hmm. the last time I went skiing. And I actually wore those skis. And I went to Alpine Valley uh, with a guy that lived in your subdivision. And I'm wearing these long skis, and this high school kid comes up to me, and he's like, dude, are those built for speed? And I'm like, no, man, they're built for old dudes. (laughs) But I've never tried out the new skis uh, that are shorter and have kind of rounded, wider ends on either side. My brother tried a pair, and he said, they're amazing. You, you, You will not believe how much easier it is to ski with these things. You know, and I was skiing with these things that were, you know, six foot three inches tall. No, I, I imagine it is is much like how skates, different skates give you a lot of different abilities depending on what they are. If you look at a figure skate versus a speed skate versus a hockey skate, they are so completely different. And actually, sp- speed skating versus figure skating versus hockey skating is completely different because of the way that the edges are cut and how the blades are done. So I would imagine skiing is very much the same. Yeah. And now we're introduced to Sylvia, who's played by the lovely Shannon Tweed. Yes. And she says, you know, he, 
Dan asks her if, if she wants to come skiing with him. And she says, oh, no, I have to get ready for the party, but, you know, bring your friend. And he says, well, he's got a friend with him. And she goes, well, he can bring her, too. Kind of gives him a wink. And then we meet... Wait, 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 wait. But you have to talk about... This is where we find out that Rudy and Sylvia had a history. Do we hear that from Sylvia and, and, and Dan? We hear it from Dan. Dan explains it to Harkin that Rudy and Sylvia used to have a thing... And then somebody long-dicked Sylvia in Germany. Okay. And that is a phrase I've heard before. Is that like a position or a style or just a... I don't know what that means. I mean, maybe long-dicked is, you know... Somebody has a long dick? I don't know. know. Do you think you have a long Johnson? (laughs) Does he have a Don Johnson? (laughs) Any reason to use that clip? Right. Why is the song Legs in there played so slow? It's like it's a much slower beat. Um, it might have been how it was posted on YouTube. I don't know. All right. But now we meet Rudy and his crew. Ooh, the Germans are mad at me. I'm so scared. Ooh, the Germans. I, they're Austrians, but I just wanted to, I wanted to play that clip. I did not know that they were Austrians until much later. I actually, in my notes, they were Germans until about two-thirds of the way through. Yeah, and the guy who plays Rudy is actually not German or Austrian. Uh, That's surprising because that accent is so believable. Right. Well, he came into he came into the, the audition uh, and, and started talking like that and never stopped talking like that, even while he was on the set. But uh, this great exchange happens. Stay out of our way. You may ski on that side or on that side, but stay out of the middle here. Hey, Rudy, you can kiss my ass. Not on this side, not on that side, but right in the middle. <laughs> Sometimes nothing tastes better than a fresh tossed salad. <laughs> yeah, so on the bus with the other people who saw that movie, we would repeat that line all the time because we thought it was great. <laughs> Yeah, and now we get into our first ski montage. Montage of the week. Yeah, so when I was a kid, I did not have sports heroes. My my heroes were the movies. Um, And when I saw this scene of the ski montage... It brought back so many good memories. The nostalgia of it made me feel this way. You'll find you have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. So they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they watched the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces. I was smiling ear to ear during this montage watching this. The thing about this montage, and I, I don't know if it's just me and it's crazy or based on the copy of this movie that I saw, but some of it seemed off. And as I looked at it and you look at the horizon, I think they tilted the camera just a smidge to make some of the hills seem a little bit more vertical than they actually were. I think that's pretty common in most ski movies. So 
That yeah. is what I had about that montage. <laughs> okay. Mine was a little bit more sentimental. Yeah. But now Dan is talking to one of the organizers of this event that they are all there for. And he's exp- it's explained to him that basically the circuit is a business. It's show business. And the Europeans are writing the checks. And we'll get into that later with how the events are judged. But Sonny and Harkin are going to a party. And they're going to Sylvia's party. And she kind of very slightly pops a pill while yep. they're in the truck. And he's like, what Look, is Harkin, it's my business that I swallow, okay? <laughs> Which is unfortunate for him. Yes. Uh, so I, what do you think that was? Do you think that was upper? Do you think it was... I mean, what was... The, what was I mean, was ecstasy, ecstasy big in 83? I, I was... That was actually the question in my notes was, did ecstasy exist back then? I don't know. Let's take we'll have to look that up in housekeeping. Okay, but even to this point, they're halfway in. Harkin and Sonny have already had sex, and she's still being bitchy to him. Yeah, which which I think, given what happens next, actually helps with Harkin's character because if she was the doting girlfriend or even not a complete c-word at this point, what happens next would be a little bit harder to swallow, so to speak. So to speak, yeah. Yeah, because he's basically, you know, paying for her food, paying for her hotel, giving her a ride everywhere. And yeah, she's being a complete bitch to him. But now they're at this party, and Duran Duran is playing in the background. And that must have eaten up a big part of their budget to have that song in the soundtrack. Yeah, Duran Duran was huge at this point in time. This was one of their their bigger hits, and we'll actually hear a small snippet of that in, in one of the clips that's coming up. But we see the first instance of Squirrel trying to do his best mat to get a girl to kiss him. Yes. I'm Squirrel Murphy. Georgette. I suppose it f***s out of the question, huh? Yeah, it didn't work out so well for him. Yeah, he got a drink thrown in his face. Have Have you ever used the cheesy pickup line? Did you not? You were on the earlier part of this podcast. I real no, but I mean, like at a bar. Did have you used a cheesy pickup line at a bar? Okay, at- so we are at the Bob Dylan Paul Simon concert at Summerfest, and this was back in I don't know. It was late nineties, and I was I was there with a bunch of my buddies. One of my buddies from Texas. One of my buddies. A couple of my buddies that still lived in Wisconsin, and. One of them was there before we were hanging out at a guy's apartment in downtown Milwaukee. And one of our friend's girlfriends shows up with just random girl that nobody in the group knew. And they were there for like 20 minutes, whatever. And they leave. And, you know, I'm showing all this bravado. It's like, oh, yeah, I, she, was, she was totally digging me. I could totally, you know, I could, I could get on that if I really wanted to. And then so we go to the Bob Dylan Paul Simon concert. And... My buddy's wife just will not let my statement go. She's she's trying to call me on the carpet. It's like, you know, put up or shut up, you know, make a move or don't. And I'm just like, I didn't care about Bob Dylan because, frankly, he sucked. But Paul Simon, I was a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan growing up. And I, I just wanted to listen to the concert. I didn't want to deal with the whole other part of it. So I said, okay. If this, if I make out with this girl for like a minute, will you leave me the hell alone? And my buddy's wife says, sure. So walk over, you know, 
tap, 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 girl on the shoulder. I said, hey, my friends are really bugging the shit out of me. Can you just make out with me for a minute? And then they'll leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) And that was all I needed to do. So, yes, I have used cheesy pickup lines before. Mm -hmm. I I can't think of a time where I have used a cheesy pickup line. So, so. You I just you flash that cash, Doug. That's right, because I'm a one percenter. <laughs> roll up in that gold-plated BMW. Yeah. So, but now Harkin is with Sylvia. And did she give him a drug? He says that, but... Later on. Yeah, he says it later on. Like, oh, she gave me something. I didn't know what it did to me. But even before Harkin goes with Sylvia, Harkin sees Sonny kind of walking away with some random guy. It's not with with Rudy yet, but it's with some guy. But Harkin and is with Sylvia and he asks this. So what happens now? First we take off our clothes and then we f our brains out. Yeah. Yeah. Go look at the fun bags on that hole's hound. I'd like to eat her liver with some farver beans and a nice bottle of key ante. <laughs> later, it's a combo. Later on, Sonny refers to her as Miss Plastic Tits. Are those real or are those not? I I had a hard time telling. I would guess they are not. Okay. All right. But now we have our second montage. Should have a second montage clip. Yes. Montage of the week. You'll have to work on montage. And this is this montage is to the wonderful music of Al Jarreau. <laughs> and have you ever seen a montage of people dancing and and then cutting back and forth to two people having sex? I'm sure. I, I'm sure I have, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it was a really. I was watching this. I'm like, they're having sex. Okay, now there's some people dancing. Oh, there's some more sex. Okay, there's some people dancing. It was very interesting. Well, there is a there's a teacher that you did not have because I talked about him last week, Mr. Derwachter. Mm-hmm. And he used to say that dancing is a horizontal expression of a vertical action. Actually, I got that completely wrong. Dancing is a vertical expression of a horizontal action. Do you think all dancing revolves around sex? Or he did, obviously. You know, okay, so let, let's let's step out of the movie here for a second. You obviously know which, 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 which we never do. No, we we're usually on task, right? So, you know what dirty dancing is? Obviously, you know bumping, grinding. You got the yes. genitals running up against you know butts and stuff. One of the things when when we were younger is we would go out and we being my wife and myself, and it would usually be with her friends because I have no friends. But we go out and. You know, she would be out on the dance floor and they were all like old high school buddies. They all knew each other from way back. And they would, you know, there's a a familiarity there where they're dancing very close to each other. And it was always tough for me to not have that jealousy gene kick in. Because, I mean, I can imagine if my wife saw me just randomly grinding with some girl on the dance floor, she would take issue with that right yeah I, I don't know were you out there with the white man uh overbite doing the um oh what's the dude from fresh prince of bel-air a carlton 
Carlton, were you doing the Carlton dance with the white man overbite? Oh, I cannot dance nearly as well as Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) But I I mean, so you're out with a group of people and let's say it's it's Jerry out there and he and, and the missus are out there bumping and grinding. Would you be cool with that or? Uh, not really. Um, but I, I can tell you for certain, my missus, even though she's classically trained as a ballet dancer and is a hell of a dancer, does not like to dance in public. We've been to many weddings where I'm like, come on, let's go dance. She's like, nah, I don't want to. And I don't know if it's because she's embarrassed of me on the dance floor because she has seen me dance and I am out there with the white man overbite, shaking the dice, doing the lawn sprinkler, <laughs> shaking my booty, you know. Starting the lawnmower, pick, yeah. taking the groceries off the top shelf. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I get down. I, I have a good time when I'm on the, on the dance floor. I've danced with plenty of women that I knew was not going anywhere because I was that I was that fun guy. I was I was the fun Doug Your the friend dancing zoned. guy. Yeah. Doug the dancing guy at the weddings when all my buddies, they didn't want to be out there dancing. I'm like, fuck it. Oh. Thanks, Doug. Okay. That was totally accidental. That was a totally accidental one. Sorry. But here, uh, here is a good question for our female listeners that you can respond to at betamaxrewind at yahoo.com or on the Facebook page. When you were in middle school or high school and you're at a dance and dancing in middle school and high school back when we were in middle school and high school was completely different than it is today because, you know, there was no um, twerking or any of that kind of crap. But I can remember eighth grade dancing with a girl and, you know, I was just, I could cut steel. (laughs) (laughs) So my question is, did you know, could you feel that on your leg or on your hip or whatever it was? And if you could, what did you think of that? And on the flip side of that is if you were dancing with a guy and you couldn't, what did you think of that? Back in middle school or high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, dude. It was it was straighter than a than a homecoming border. I don't think that's his thing, Doug. <laughs> you don't think so? No. All right. So All right, should we do we need to get get back on target? Yeah. Stay on target. Just one because that was a little long, but we actually completely skipped the fact that. One dude, and I think, I can't remember which guy it is, just completely takes all the shrimp. That's Squirrel. Squirrel <laughs> takes all the shrimp. Oh, that's sh- Squirrel before he asks it if if a is out of the question. Yes, yeah. So the Japanese guy has a great line. Okay, yeah, he says something. like It's, it's completely in Japanese and subtitled, and apparently, as you said before, not actually in Japanese. He was just, it was just gibberish. But he says something along the lines of, your, your tits are like Mount Fuji. <laughs> right. And then O'Callaghan is making a drink for some girl who seems pretty sober. And she, she drinks and just falls over. What, 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 is, what is the drink called? I don't even remember, but it's a mixture of stuff that would not taste very good. Oh, no. I almost pulled a clip of the stuff he was putting together because it was awful, but the drink was called the leg spreader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Squirrel, as when she passes out, Squirrel says, now that is somebody I can take advantage of. <laughs> Once again, something that did not age particularly well. No. Uh, Sunny, she goes in and she sees Harkin with Sylvia, and she decides, well, I'm just going to strip down and put this towel around me and go into the sauna. 
And why uh, did she put the towel on her? Why didn't she put the towel on her head? I would have thought in the hot dog universe, right. when a woman puts on a towel, she puts it on her head and walks around naked. I was very disappointed by this. Sure. But uh, she goes in and Garmish Rudy is in there and he she sits down next to him and it's like all of his pussy posse are kind of sitting there going, oh, he's, he's about to get her. He's about to get her. And it's like a show. It's This is like a traveling show. So you think that's what it's like for Leonardo DiCaprio, like on the regular, or at least what well, it used to be? Yeah, because he's married now, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. But I mean, he's he's aged out of that a little bit, I think. Sure, sure. But yeah, she he sticks uh, his hand underneath her towel and gooses her. Yeah, and just like that, she's into it. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Because, well, she's on some sort of drug that, you know, if it's ecstasy or some, you know, what is it, the MDMA? Yeah, it, MDMA the, definitely did not exist back then. And now somebody's okay. going to say, yeah, it did. But no, I'm pretty sure MDMA is, it's a successor, I think, to ecstasy. It's like someone took the idea of ecstasy or the formula of ecstasy and brewed it up and made it better. And that's what, how we got to MDMA. Yeah, ratcheted it up a couple of notches. Right. But we're back on the ski hill the next day, and Rudy comes up and says this to Harkin. What I had for breakfast this morning. Rudy! <laughs> Very clever, but no. No, it was quite the feast. Yeah. How do you say in your language, I had sunny side up, and I had sunny side down. When I had Sunnyside all the way around. Yeah, baby. Have you ever had a girl grab you by the back of the head and go, give it to me right now, in that voice? A girl, no. No, a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they named the character Sunny just so they could use this line? It's very possible. You know, I had a dog named Sunny. And it was I, a I know. Dog. Sunny was an yeah. awesome dog. I yeah. love that dog. Of course, there's yeah. a dog. So she well, she was a lover too. She was a big time lover. That dog, that she was such a whore. She would snuggle up next to anybody. <laughs> when we, when Jen and I stayed at your house when you were gone, when I was there for somebody's wedding, I just remember <laughs> under the covers, that dog was just putting off so much heat. But and she it, would stay underneath there all night long. You know, some dogs would come up for air and sleep on top of the blankets and then in the middle of the night go back down underneath the covers. No, this, you know, 60-pound lab full of hair would sleep underneath the blankets all night long under flannel sheets. It was oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah it just it, put off a ton of heat. But it's like, you know, you had two dogs at, at that time. Or actually, at that time, you probably only had Sonny left. But you know, no, you had... no, Wilbur was, yo, no, Wilbur was around... Uh, I had to put him down when my oldest was like nine months old. But I, I remember it's like both of your dogs, because I, I stayed at your, your place in Heartland, your place in Delafield, and, and just your dogs was honestly one of the things I looked forward to most was being able to play with your dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now my dog now doesn't like you. No, no, your dog likes me. He, he's, 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 he, it takes him a long time to sidle up next to strangers. He's, he, we were talking about this last night, actually. The reason why he has such stranger danger is, you know, usually when you have a puppy, you take that puppy and you introduce it to other people. You take it to a park and let kids play with that puppy, get it used to people. Our dog literally grew up on a farm 
for his first nine months, and the only people he saw were was the Cows. Well, no, um, uh, what's her face? Rebel Wilson didn't live there. <laughs> oh, oh that, that's cold, Doug. <laughs> oh, that's a low blow. <laughs> but he wasn't introduced to any people. He he only knew one person until he got moved up to Wisconsin from Alabama. So that's why he has stranger danger. But now we understand. We figure out that. They're at this competition, and it's actually three events. Ballet, freestyle, and the jump You missed two things. What did I miss? So Dan rolls up on a basically a stretcher. Dan is being wheeled, not even wheeled in. He's being skied in on a stretcher. That's before the sunny side up comment. Oh, is that before the sunny side? Well, is, you skipped yeah, because, it either way. Because he breaks out a 12-pack of Coors. Which Coors, should, you, you, know, you know at that point, was not available nationwide. Is that kind of like the Yingling and the um, on the on the East Coast and the Spotted Cow here in Wisconsin? Yeah, because that was actually the plot of one of the Smokey and the Bandit movies was getting Coors across state lines. Oh, I did not know that that was Coors that they were getting across state lines. Okay. Yep, and you're right because I have that Coors, and then right after that is you know what I had for breakfast this morning. But after that, before they start to, they start talking about the three different events, there is a challenge that is thrown out. The gauntlet is thrown down that they are going to have a broom ball match that night which is something that we'll talk about but it goes absolutely nowhere right they're all getting baked they're passing around a joint you know and the germans come in or the austrians ooh, the germans they come in and they're like all marching they're not goose stepping but they're basically high stepping like it was enough to make the point without actually going the full nine right and so who, who do you think won that game? Do you think the Germans did? Oh, yeah. The Germans won. Right. But they're they're on their way back after the game, and Dan O'Callaghan says to Harkin, come on, we got something to do. And they pulled the, the classic 80s trope of doing something that is going to pay off down the road. They loosen all the bindings on the skis of the Germans or the Austrians. And this is something where, you know, you're much more of a skier than I ever was, despite my life from earlier. And this is something that could actually kill someone. <laughs> or, or break their ankle. Yeah. No, because yeah. that's, like, that's serious stuff with someone's bindings coming loose. And if, depending on how it comes loose, if it comes off, like, half, you could easily have some pretty substantial hurt come out of that. I don't think they're too worried about this. It reminds me of the icy hot in the the jocks in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Oh, so I, I think I've told this before, but you know, I'm old. I, I know I've told that part before. But one of the things that I have to do before every hockey game or every soccer game is I have to put on Ben Gay. I think I talked about this last week, but that burns so much because I have to do it on the groin area, and you try to get it on the groin area without actually getting it on like. Becky and Bonnie, because they're the sensitive ones. But eventually, just from sweat, it actually does kind of get there. And that sucks. That hurts so bad. Having Bengay or Icy Hot or whatever it is uh, on your, your nutsack is not a fun thing. See, you know, I've never used either one of those products before. And I get sore muscles. But I just take some ibuprofen. Obviously, you use it on a regular basis, so it works. Yeah, but... What sports do you do on a regular basis? Taekwondo. 
Yeah, actually, so I, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. That's that's legit. I but mean, keep in I, mind with with taekwondo is you know there's a 15 minute stretching period prior to every workout. So if you're getting sore from doing taekwondo, you're doing it wrong. When I actually had to go see a physical therapist because it got to the point where after playing soccer on Friday nights, I barely could walk on Saturday. And on Sunday, I was hobbling around like a 70-year-old guy. And so I went to the physical therapist and they said, do you stretch before you you play? (laughs) And I said, yeah, of course. And they said, well, how long do you stretch? I said, I don't know, 15 20 seconds <laughs> and they're like yeah that needs to be like 15 or 20 minutes yeah and it, it made a world of difference and that, that is the thing where i now need to get to whatever facility earlier so i can stretch out because if i can't i i'm basically almost wheelchair bound the next day because i'm in so i'm just hobbled yeah all right we need to pivot here man yeah Perfect. Yeah, this pod. You, you said this podcast was going to go short. We're not even halfway through the movie yet. Oh, we're we're almost done. It's all good. Don't worry. Uh, about yeah, but Sunny, she's you know after she has her conversation with Harkin as she's packing up and she says, "Oh, I saw you with Miss you know plastic tits." And that was a question that I had with my dad. Okay, what are plastic tits? Um, Doug, let me show you some pictures. Yes, <laughs> but she's going to give her. She's going to give it a try at skiing. While wearing jeans. Jeans are the absolute <laughs> worst thing that you could possibly wear. That's in my notes. While you're <laughs> skiing in jeans is such a bad idea. Yeah. And she wipes out and here comes Sylvia in her white, sexy ski outfit. And she basically suggests a threesome. Maybe you and Harkin then we could all uh, get together later. Harkin can do whatever the hell he pleases. All I was doing was having a little fun with him. Yeah. Come on, man. Okay, the threesome. And you can have this. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> right. You know, I, I was thinking about this, and I, w- I was trying to picture in my mind what it would look like for you, not for me, because I know what it looked like for me, but what it would look like for you if Doug had a threesome. Oh, oh dog. dog. <laughs> well, for you, it'd be all elbows and knees, kneecaps, because <laughs> that's all you are. You're just this, this skinny skeleton with elbows and knees poking up. <laughs> it was not easy to put those two clips together. I can there, imagine it wasn't. But we, we, we skipped a huge part. We skipped oh, you the skipped first, the ballet part. We yeah. skipped the ballet, which, you know what, fine. I'm fine with skipping that. No, but, but just leave it at... The ballet is the first example where the judges are completely screwed and they are just giving Rudy the benefit of the doubt on everything. Oh, absolutely, because he's he's the European and the Europeans are writing the checks. Uh, but now we've got the, um, the moguls. And again, Rudy has great scores and Harkin gets screwed again. But now we get to one of my favorite scenes of the movie where they're going up in the gondola and there's only room for four of them, so somebody has to stay behind and go on the gondola by themselves. And Callahan does this finger, it's, it's almost like paper, rock, scissors for four people. Mm-hmm. And he intentionally screws Squirrel, and Squirrel has to go by himself in the gondola. But we It got, works out for him. It works out pretty good. He, a cute chick with big knockers, shows up and basically 
you know, helps him with his zinc on his nose, and then blows him. Did now, you Mike, recognize the outfit she was wearing? I did not. It's me, Mario. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If you look at her outfit, and you could actually Google this scene, her outfit is exactly in the color scheme that Mario is. And actually, Miyamoto has said that his inspiration for Mario's color palette was this movie. Uh-huh. Another one of Matt's lines. <laughs> Google it. It's, it's true. Uh-huh. But, but my, qu- my question is, does this chick just go on gondolas all day blowing dudes? <laughs> You'd hope. I mean, you you, you got to think that there's something out there. My thought was, there's no way they would be able to see from one gondola to the other what was actually happening. No, they couldn't. But, you know, it's it's for the movie. But now we get to the third and final event, which is the aerials. The aerials. And everybody's not com- in the Not co- to be confused with the areolas, which is what Sylvia won. Yes. Yeah, well, she had some huge areolas, didn't she? Yes, she did. People are passing bowls in the crowd. I found it. I found it interesting that they they chose the aerials to show this and not in the two previous events. Well, you know, skiing and skiers in general are known as people who shy away from marijuana in general. Oh so yeah, it, yeah. It's you could you could put those people in the same people that go to Grateful Dead concerts. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what a uh, oh god circle? What, what's it called? A Venn di- you know what a Venn diagram is? Yes. Okay. So the Venn diagram of skiers and people that go to Grateful Dead shows is basically just a circle. Right. Harkin has a, a good jump. And then right. Rudy has a good jump. And then we get to the last jump of the contest. And because of Rudy's jump where he got like really padded by the judges... Harkin needs to knock this out of the park. What's this kiss-ass blaster? My jump. Yeah, well, I gotta know what it is before I can let you go down. Twist and triple. A twist and triple? I've never seen one of those before. Are you qualified for that? Well, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, so when I was a kid... We always thought it was kick-ass blaster, but I had to rewind that a couple of times, and it's actually kiss-ass blaster. I don't think it really makes that big of a difference. No, it doesn't, but all these years, you know, I was thinking... Well, it, it, it's... Did you find anything... How, how many times did you see this movie before this rewatch? Once in the theater, and then probably once on VHS. So not one that you've seen a dozen, two dozen, three dozen times. Correct. And, you know, we've talked about, like, Rocky Four, for example, where, you know, a movie wrecked for me. But other movies that we've done on this podcast where I actually have to pay attention to it, there are things that I see that I never saw before, and this would be something like that. But it's not, so never mind. Right. <laughs> but he does this jump, and, you know, multiple angles, cut, 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 cut. Pretty impressive with what it is. But once again, the judges completely bone him, and Rudy wins. Yes. I don't even think Harkin played top places in the top five. No, he was he was tied for, or he was in second or third place going into the final event. Okay. But I think Squirrel, actually. Or no, um, 
Kamikaze actually think I think took second place when they they li- listed off all the the who won and, and who came in next. I think it was Kamikaze who came in second. I know they said Dan was a return to form and he was somewhere in the top five. Okay, but uh, yeah, all the judges get nailed with the sl- snowballs. But now Rudy and his cohorts are celebrating with the trophy, and Sylvia's in there and she's feeding Dan his beer and kissing him. Uh, she's you know. A Fairweather fan. Wait, wait, wait. Dan, Sylvia's Rudy. feeding Dan beer? No, Rudy. You said Dan. Okay, okay, okay. Let's start over then. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you f***ed up. I'm going to keep that in there. <laughs> Why, do you, Why do you have to be such a dick? <laughs> Continue, please. By the way, I was listening on the lawnmower today. A couple of my podcasts, the episodes were not available, so I had... The only podcast that I could listen to was Betamax Rewind, and I actually re-listened to... Uh, the Beastmaster, and mm-hmm. you know what you say in there? No. Refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up. And there was... Yes, get- me, Doug. You're the one being childish. <laughs> I'm really disappointed that we did not bring up the fact that we've now watched two movies with Quicksand, and how in Kroll we didn't say, and we're the two ferrets to save the guys in Kroll. <laughs> The plot pipe never caught on. I know that was a thing that you wanted to happen, but... No, it was TJ, friend of show TJ. Yeah, but I think that you were you were all on board with that. Uh, yeah, whatever. And Fred, um, he'll get a sound clip later, so don't worry about it. Okay, so Sylvia is feeding Rudy beer, not Dan. You sure it's not and, Dan? Yes, and we've got all, all kinds of people, not just our Rat Pack, but a large group of people that are kind of surrounding this... And it looks like they've been packing snowballs for hours. And they just pelt Rudy and all of his buddies. And they come down, and Rudy takes a glove and, in the most pussified way ever, slaps Dan across the face with this glove. And that's... Isn't this, like, what is, from medieval times, referred to as the gauntlet, throwing down the gauntlet? Yes. The whole glove, I chung you, type thing. Yes. Okay. I spit in your face. Um, and they decide that they're going to do Chinese downhill. What does the fuck is a Chinese down here? <laughs> that was another line that we repeated a lot on the bus as, as kids. And it was $40 a man plus the trophy. Do you remember what the total pool was? $2,300. Yeah, so that's 57 and a half guys. Certainly did not, look like, did not look like 57 and a half guys. Uh, so they're going to do Chinese downhill. Uh, you know, they're all gearing up like Mad Max with the spikes. I mean, some of these outfits and some of these weapons could seriously kill somebody. But we have all of the, the, the 80s movie race tropes of the off the cliff, the guy who's got the smoke, the guy that goes into the tree. And it comes down to Dan and Garmish. And I'm not sorry. Um, Karkin. <laughs> I don't know what it is with me and and Dan. It's it's the reason why he got top billing, I guess. It you have a thing to, for guys named Dan, I suppose. Uh, and it comes down to Harkin and Garmish, and Harkin wins and by yay. an RCH. He literally, literally wins by like a fraction of a second. They are both there, and Harkin is just able to grab the cup because it is much like. The Goblet of Fire, whereas whoever touches the cup first wins the trophy, and they are both there. 
within a foot or two feet of each other, but Harkin is able to grab the cup. Right. And, and there's your dog again. Yeah, well, that was him shaking. Okay. And Sonny is there, and now all of a sudden Harkin and Sonny are kissy face. Like we missed, like they cut out a scene of them having a reckoning and getting back together. A reconciliation, you mean? Reconciliation, yes. Yeah, reckoning a, would be something different. Yes, that was a tough word in what, fourth or fifth grade. I went to I went to Catholic grade school, so that that reconciliation was actually on a spelling test. See, so yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the words I can't pronounce. So with my speech imp- speech impediment, yes. reconciliation. Yes. Yeah, I can't pronounce that. Yeah, movie's over. Just like a fart in the wind, it is over. Mm-hmm. And. As I said at the top of this podcast, it seems like there are parts of this movie that are missing. The reconciliation, or reckoning if you're duck, of Harkin and Sonny. The whole thing with her music, her starting to learn how to ski, that going somewhere. There are threads that are started that go absolutely nowhere. And it's 95 minutes, but it seems like there should be more to it. Yeah, but this type of movie... I don't think you want it to go any longer than that. And I think so much of the writer with what he was directing with the ski sequences really wanted to put a lot of focus on those ski sequences. So they probably had to cut out quite a bit to get it down to that 95 minutes. Yeah, that's probably true. There is a director's cut that's out there. I don't believe it. No, there is absolutely a director's cut that's out there. Or maybe not director's cut, but it's an unrated cut that's out there. There's a documentary also that was just, what are you doing? <laughs> I just did that right in front of the microphone because you pointed it out last week. <laughs> There's actually a documentary that was released this year uh, called Hot Dog the Documentary. Okay. But I couldn't find it anywhere, so I don't know where it is, where how to get it. Oh, I'm absolutely shocked that there's something that you couldn't find that I didn't get a text saying, hey, how come you don't have this? How come you don't have Hot Dog the Documentary? <laughs> like this obscure demand of me to provide you know, video for you to be able to watch. Yes. Thank you, Matt. I always <laughs> say thank you. My children thank you as well. So what did you think? What are your, what are your closing thoughts on this movie? So... I went into this and I did not like Up the Creek. I thought Up the Creek sucked. Um, and I, I got to say, it, it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed it. And I think that part of it is the completely unnecessary nudity, the the hot t-shirt contest, and some of the other stuff. It was enjoyable. It is very much a tropey 80s movie with the the contest at the end for no reason. <laughs> right. But I it was enjoyable. I don't regret having watched it. So I, I will say that hey, it, it wasn't bad. It was yeah. it was a de- it was a decent experience. I'll give it that. I had a blast watching it. Uh I will probably watch it again in the next year. Um Yeah, I you know, I don't pick movies based on you know whether or not it was a blockbuster like Black Back to the Future or Star Trek 2 I pick, pick movies based on nostalgia you got to do con man you got to pick con eventually I will because you know, you know there there's a couple that are there's some a couple things to me that are hanging out there as obvious things and I'm trying to avoid the obvious things because I don't want to waste one of my weeks on something that I think that you will have to do and I just rewatched Khan, and it, it is such a good film. Oh yeah, and but 
Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get away from the end That's of right. Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> so, okay. Hey, so what are you watching? Oh, God. Watcha. 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 Watcha watching. Okay, I am continuing to push through the second season of The Umbrella Academy. Oh, go. <laughs> What do you think? Do you think it... <laughs> okay, so I like it. I really do. But there's there's a thing that I see and I question why it's there. And you have Vanya. And you have Vanya's relationship with the wife of the family that ran her over. And I wonder if the reason that that plot thread is there is because of the actress who who portrays Vanya and what her right th- thing right. is. What 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 team she plays for? Right, and I, trust me, big big lesbian fan. Could not be a bigger fan of lesbians. But I did, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, it it ends up being something of importance in in the grander scheme of things with the plot. But I just don't see why that ties in. And I want to see where it goes because they're so entrenched in the things of what happened in Dallas in 1963. And so I I don't know where it goes. I think we're six episodes in. And also, I think that if, if I'm them and I'm in 1963, I was, I'd be looking for my dad, like from the jump. And it seems like they were behind the ball for that. But the fact that they're involved with, you know, Ruby and then I thought that the, um, not the commission, but the, the, um, the shadow organization, I didn't think they were going to be as big of a part of the second season as they have been. Have you gotten to Pogo's back story yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pogo. But. It's it's definitely been enjoyable. And then I also I started watching a show called Hoops, which is on Netflix, and it's a you know a, sh- a shitty animated series about a high school basketball. Oh coach. yeah, how is how is that? I'm half of an episode in. I really don't know yet. Okay. And then just by going through different things, I actually ran across a movie I'd never seen before, which I watched last. Actually, two movies I'd never seen before. One was Dressed to Kill, which was Dressed decent. To- Dressed to kill. Who's in that? Oh, um, Michael Caine and um, the girl from RoboCop. Can't remember her name. And then I also watched American Gigolo, which I've never seen before. That's Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Is that where he's framed for murder? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen it before, and he he stands there with his penis hanging out for like two minutes, which was long enough for me to get done, which was good. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was a movie that I felt didn't have that ending for as much as it was. It didn't have the ending that I was expecting it to have. And it's not that I was, I, I think that the ending was wrong. It just, it didn't, it just seemed to kind of like run out of steam rather than finishing, if that made sense. Okay. But that's what I've been watching. All right. So I got a new iPhone. So I got a year's a subscription to Apple TV and I've been watching C uh, on Apple TV, which is with Jason Momoa. Uh, not yet, not Moana. That's the rock at Pixar movie. 
Uh, is it Momoa? Yeah, Momoa. That's what I said. Okay. All right. And, and this takes place, it's a dystopian future where there's a virus that affects the world and only two million people live, but they're all blind. And this movie takes place centuries after that event. So everybody, it, every, everybody is living very primitively and they're all living it blind. They're all blind. Uh, it's an interesting concept, but then you see kind of like the the ornate costumes that people are wearing and their headdresses and stuff. And would you really do that if everybody was blind? So that part didn't make sense. Uh, my oldest and I, we watched Apollo 13 the other night. No, Apollo 13 we, is a movie that I respect the fact that, like cinematic classic and blockbuster Titanic, has a known ending, but still it it holds your interest during that time frame? Oh, yeah. I got the shivers up and down, you know, my neck and my and my back at the end. But my, my oldest said two things. He said, don't ignore the data. While they're talking, uh, um, what's his face? Ed Harris says, you know, we have to we have to trust the data. And my, my oldest, he goes, yeah, can't ignore the data. That with the Rona, yeah, don't don't ignore the data. If, if any scientists or government officials are listening to this podcast right now, don't ignore the data. And then he also said, I don't think I need to see that again. And I completely agreed with him because that movie does not hold up. Really? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I have not seen it in a while, but I remember seeing that. And so Tom Hanks went on a run with different films and he won back-to-back Oscars for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And then was nominated but didn't win for several additional films. And when, when you look at the films that he did, in kind of along that same timeline, you had Apollo 13 and I think Castaway was probably right after that. Yes. Have you watched or rewatched Castaway recently? Well, it is one of those movies like Shawshank Redemption where if it's on, I'll watch it. Castaway is... I really, really like that film. Yeah. I, I mean, it is... And, and Helen Hunt's in it, and I freaking hate her. But... You know who she reminds me of? She <laughs> reminds me of the girl that said you're an odd bird. <laughs> Which is probably why you hate her. No. No, the odd bird lady is much more attractive. Um, but... All right. If you say so. No, she is. But I... Castaway is Castaway is a great film in so many ways, and one of the things that you probably wouldn't notice and still, unless somebody pointed it out to you, so I'll point it out to you so it's ruined, is there are scenes before he crashes, then he crashes and he's on the island, and there's scenes after he crashes. There is absolutely none, zero music when he is on the island. Hmm. And it's 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 an effective way that that film was put together, and that film was done by um, Zemeckis, who did the Back to the Future films. And have you ever seen Used Cars? Yes, love asked, Used Cars. You asked that question during the Beastmaster podcast. Okay, Used Cars is that an eighties film? I probably asked that as well. Uh, it might be seventy nine. No, Used Cars is. I love that film. I really, really, really like that film. But, but Castaway is great. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Okay. Continue. All right. 
Uh, also, with all the events that are happening in Wisconsin and Kenosha, two nights in a row, I just sat and I watched the live stream of what what's happening in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin right now with all the riots and everything with the, you know, the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Fascinating. I couldn't stop watching it. Just absolutely fascinating. You know, I obviously have, I've not lived in Wisconsin for over, over two decades. And one of the things that I, I don't remember who asked me this, but somebody asked me, you know, wh- where's home for you? And in a year and a half, I will have lived in Ohio for half of my life. When I, it's actually almost exactly when I turned fifty, because I moved here right before I turned twenty-five. But Wisconsin will always be home for me. It doesn't matter how long I live in Ohio. And it, and don't get me wrong, I have had nothing. Well, that's not nothing, but I, I've been very blessed and very lucky with the way that my life has turned out in Ohio, and I'm very, very thankful for the way things have turned out. But there will always be the fact that Wisconsin is is home for me, even though I do not have a home there. And when I see things like that, I it 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 cuts to the core and I almost think that I need to walk away from Facebook for a minute just because of stuff that's going on in the world. Because of this person and that person. And you probably could actually say who this person and that person sure. are. And it is, it's just too much. And I, I don't pretend to know everything except in trivia contests, but there's just so much stuff going on and it's so hard. And everybody thinks that there are easy answers or easy solutions. And almost nothing is binary. Almost nothing is right or wrong, black and white. And people cut it down that way. And I I just can't imagine being on any of the sides of that equation. And I, I think you're right. Just watching what's going on must be crazy. The only thing I can say, and the only thing I'm not afraid to say in the context of this podcast is your governor is freaking awful oh yeah oh yeah he is a piece of garbage yeah yeah well i there's there's a lot of speculation that he's not running the state that he's just basically a puppet and that there's other people behind the scenes that are that he didn't write those tweets at 10 30 at night because he he seems like kind of the old guy that at eight o'clock he has his glass of of warm milk and then (laughs) goes to bed and watches an episode of Murder She Wrote and then falls asleep. <laughs> How did nobody ever arrest Jessica Fletcher? Who is Jessica Fletcher? She's the lady from Murder She Wrote. If you are around that many murders, she is the problem. Okay, I guess so. I've never watched Murder She Wrote, so. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to bring it back a little bit of levity right. to all my. Right. But yeah, things. that's 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 all I've been watching. Now I've got a question for you. Doug's got a question for Matt. Which version is it? Doug's got a question for Matt. How's he gonna answer it? I don't know. How's he gonna answer it? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. Go ahead, Doug. I'm, you're right. waiting for, I'm waiting for the song to end. 
I just heard a splice, so this must be the long version. <laughs> okay, that's great. That's great. All right. So, you know, last week's question was a complete failure. Uh, but previously, we've kind of talked about, like, okay, what have you been, what, what are you ashamed of in high school? What are you ashamed of in college? Things that you did. This question comes from a different angle. What is the one thing that you did that, that disappointed your parents the most? Oh, that's oh, that's actually probably fairly easy. Oh, this is a bad one. Um, <laughs> so, and this actually, in a way, makes me look good because of the way it turned out. So, <laughs> go back to the same high school teacher. There was a class I had. It was AP History, and. The who teacher, was the teacher? Who was the Mr. Teacher? Derwachter. Okay. <laughs> the guy I've mentioned three times now in the right. last two weeks. He used to just disappear in the middle of class and he'd like leave. And historically, this was something I, I knew about was people had gone in and he used the same test year after year after year after year. And they had passed down the answer keys year after year after year after year and that had stopped like the year before mine but what i did (laughs) was he would leave the classroom and i'd just go back in his filing cabinet i would take the answer key i would copy down the answers and then i would sell them (laughs) and i did this for a quarter and a half and after a quarter and a half one time when i was back at the filing cabinet copying down the answer key he came back <laughs> oh boy where do you think he was where do you think he went oh maybe he went to get a heater you think so or coffee or you know rub one out i don't know well i know that when i was a freshman in high school you could the teachers could still smoke in the teacher's lounge because you would walk past the teacher's lounge and smell cigarette smoke yeah and then that changed sophomore year in high school where teachers had to leave the property and go go in their car or drive somewhere to go have a heater. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where he went, but so I I as an entrepreneur, I I, I was selling these answers. And how much? How much oh, are you yeah, selling them for? I don't know, a couple bucks. Not, okay. not not a lot. But you know, I was, you know, making my nut. And so I got busted. He comes in and I'm copying on the answers and his exact phrase is, Mr. Bach, you, you appear to have gotten your ass in a jam. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I was screwed. And I think the thing that people were thinking was, what am I going to do? Because I had the ability to take down a lot of people. And the, the one thing about this terrible scenario is I, I, I took the pain and I don't have the clip, so I can't do it. But I, I said, no, it was just me. There's nobody else. Nobody else ever benefited from this. This is the first time I ever did it. And oddly enough, on a 30 question on a weekly answer, the average score went from like a 27 down to an 18 the week <laughs> after I got busted. <laughs> but uh, when this happened, I had this whole thing and it was, uh, it was bad. It was, you know, I got suspended from the basketball team and I tried to defend myself in, in just the worst way possible in saying, 
I don't think my parents could deal with the fact that their son is an idiot, (laughs) (laughs) which I wasn't. And I I think that that particular series of events is probably the thing that where I was the biggest disappointment for my parents. Okay. So this was after high school and my dad would go away for the weekend and he would say as he's leaving, I don't want you to have any friends over. This is, this house is off limits and you know, inevitably, I would have friends over, and you were there plenty of times. Probably. But I was with three friends, and we went to a party, and we came back to the party, and it was pretty late, and I was pretty wasted, and I went right to bed. Two of my friends stayed up and were making food in the kitchen, and where the kitchen window was, you could see that from the road, especially if there was a light on in the kitchen. And another one of my friends, he just kind of disappeared. So what happens is I'm passed out in my dad's bed, and I hear banging on the door. Doug, Doug, we know you're in there. We know you're in there. And I get up, and I'm in my tidy whities and I'm stumbling towards the door. And my two friends who were making food come in the hallway, and they tackle me. And, you know, of course, I'm saying to them, no, 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 I can go talk to them. It'll be okay. I'm all right. And it's a cop. Because apparently what had happened with my fourth friend is he went down the street to a neighbor's house and was smashing their pumpkins and banging on their windows. Well, those people called the cops. And those people, when the cops came to their house, said, oh, I I know, you know, Doug's dad is gone and he might have some friends over. You might want to go check on them. (sighs) So we never answered the door. And... The cops left. The next day, my dad comes home. I'm, I'm in the basement. I'm watching TV. Ding dong. Doorbell r- rings. I hear some... Doug, come upstairs. I come upstairs, and there's, you know, City of Delafield's finest waiting to question me. And he is asking me all kinds of questions, and I am just lying and lying and lying to get myself out of this. And none of the lies are making any sense whatsoever. It's just... I'm just getting myself deeper and deeper into a hole. My dad says, okay, you know, who was here? And I told him one of my friends. And that happened to be the friend that was out smashing pumpkins. And so my dad calls him in front of the cop. And this friend basically just tells him everything that happened. That, yes, we were drinking. Yes, he thinks he did it, but he doesn't remember because he was so drunk. And my dad... You know, I didn't get grounded. I didn't get yelled at. There was just a severe sense of disappointment on me. Yeah, but see, that's a tool that you can use. And you know that now as a parent where I'm really disappointed in you. That is Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things that the kids can hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Today, my youngest, I was mowing the grass. And my youngest with, with a neighbor kid were over in the neighbor's yard who were not home. And they have a maple tree, and they were tearing large branches off of this maple tree. And I come around the bend, and I see them doing this. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And that's what I said. I'm like, I'm really disappointed in you. And he was, the look on his face that I said that, it was a big shock to him. So. Yeah. So, right. yeah. That was kind of somber. Sorry. <laughs> about some listener roundup. Yeah. <sighs> Howdy, partners. Now it's time for Listener Reaction Roundup. 
Why do you always sigh when it's time to play a song? <sighs> it gives me a chance to find it on the soundboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I was thinking about that as I was doing it. It's like, uh, which one is it? It's okay. And Roundup is actually a picture of like a bo- bottle of Roundup, the the um, weed killer. Yes. All right. So. From Wife of Shojen, I actually did find Oh, dog. She said, Clar- clarification, I do not peg. And I don't know what that is. Jen, you must be listening to a completely different podcast because I don't know what pegging is. And Matt, the no is for all threesomes. And then she says, Doug said you cheated with truth or dare to get your first kiss. And we talked about cheesy. this already. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But I, I still wonder. I still wonder. To to I'm just going to cut this whole bit. Okay. Anyway, go on. Next. Um, let's see here. Holy crap, Matt. I am listening to this and the discussion from the park came up. And I totally remember you and the person who shall remain nameless discussing jerking off. I remember you, Pete, and I just getting all over him for denying it. And your response was, the Man of Steel came around eventually. I remember it being a huge discussion point at one of the park parties. Who's the Man of Steel? Uh, the guy I didn't want to talk about. It's my buddy Jason Steele. Um, okay. And that, that's fine. I, I feel absolutely, that's fine that I mentioned him by name. But, so he was, he was still in high school when the rest of us were out of high school. So, just to contextualize this whole thing, I was a park ranger for two years. And the first year was good. Um, but not spectacular. The second year as a park ranger was incredible. And there is the Waukesha County Park System where it's all the part, all the parks in the Waukesha County Park System, which includes like Neshota and, you know, what is, you know where Party Island is, right? In Nagawika? Yeah. Okay. So every year prior to me starting there, it was always a guard run show, a lifeguard run show. It's like the lifeguards would have parties at the different parks. And then it would be the other people would be kind of be the hangers on. And then the first year, but especially the second year, it was the park ranger people and specifically the Menominee park park ranger people who controlled everything. And that was where I picked up my nickname as the bartender, because I always had a cooler full of booze (laughs) in, in my trunk. And we planned and we controlled and we manipulated and we did all the plot, all the park parties and stuff. And that was a whole thing was we had this park party and we had, we had a lifeguard from Nagawaki and or Nagawick or whatever. And we first get there and we're talking our thing and he's like, Oh man, I don't do that. I don't have to do that. I get girls, whatever. And then he's drinking, drinking. And at the end of the night, he's like, Oh dude, I'm just kidding. You you know, I do it just like you guys do. But we ran that show. And if you look at different times in your life, that is one of the lowest times in my life because a, a girl had completely destroyed my world. But at the same time, it was the first time where I kind of came into acceptance of of who I was and you know I look at those three or four guys um myself and Pete and and Jason and Jeff you know we were like the 3M crew or the 4H crew but we we ran that park system for for two years basically and it was awesome so thanks Jeff for listening and yeah I I absolutely 100% remember that yeah Friend of show TJ. TJ stands for Thelonious Jagger. I'm sorry, that is still Thelonious. It is not Thelonious. No, it's Thel- Thelonious. It, 
TJ, come on. Uh, so he said he texted both of us and he said Doug got off pretty easy when he asked for the name of the high school in the film Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I was asking for what the the rival school was, which is Lincoln. Are you are you at a restaurant right now, back in the kitchen where they're washing dishes? <laughs> no, actually, somebody is doing dishes. That's because my dog walked out and he opened up the door. Okay, quit doing dishes for a second. Continue. Uh, I was looking for the the name of the rival high school, which is Lincoln, and you just said Ridgemont, and I just kept on kind of rolling with it. Yeah, it's kind of like when you you made up a lie, and I just kind of rolled with it completely, uh-huh. ignoring it. Yeah, sure. All right. Do you have anything else? Wait, wh- wasn't there another thing? I think so. But trying I'm to show gonna... TJ. Um, <laughs> just... No, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, I'll let that one go. So I, I do have one additional thing. This is from friend of Doug Tracy. Oh, Doug. Yeah, she seems very disappointed in that clip. Yeah, did you notice in the threesome clip when it was both wife of Shojen? Oh, Doug. And friend of friend of Doug Tracy. Oh, Doug. That when they were mashed together, one was actually very happy with what was going on and one was very disappointed with what was going on. Well, that's because somebody has to sleep in the wet spot. Well, you know, hey, 50% success ratio, I'm taking that any day of the week. Sure. Absolutely. But anyway, friend of of Doug, Tracy, um, finished Fast Times. You guys pointed out everything that I noted from the movie, i.e. Brad's a good brother. Why are the girls checking him out? Why is there a football game after Christmas? Sex scenes, very accurate for the age. One of my favorites so far. However, you may no longer be my favorite. Now Doug is. So that was a little disappointing. I don't understand what that means. Oh, it was because of the the Keurig cup thing. (laughs) Okay. Apparently that was enough to push her over the edge from me to you. All right. All right. There's nothing else from a friend of Doug Tracy? Oh. Um, I don't think so. Is there? Am I missing something? <laughs> no, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right. Now it's time for next week's movie. Okay. We're glad you were here. Our time is almost done. It's time to say goodbye. <laughs> Actually, there is. Fun. But now we're going to talk about that? something super groovy. We're going to talk three degrees of next week's movie. All right. So this was not an easy one to pivot off of, just for the record. Okay. Uh, but so Shannon Tweed was in Hot Dog. Um, Shannon Tweed starred as Re- Dr. Rebecca Mathis in Indecent Behavior 2 with James Brolin as Liam O'Donnell. Brolin starred as Franklin Harris in The Hunting Party with Richard Gere as Simon Hunt. Richard Gere is in next week's movie as Zach Mayo. Oh, an officer and a gentleman. <sighs> I got nowhere else to go! <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> All right, fine. Wife of show, Jen. We'll watch an officer and a gentleman. Just so you know, my movie after next week's movie, I picked just for you. Just for Jen? No, just for you. For me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to jizz in your pants when you see this movie. There's one thing in this movie that will make you jizz in your pants. <laughs> I do not have the jizz in my pants clip. No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking that's, about, right? That's by the same guys who do Dick in a Box and, and, I'm, a, and I'm on a fucking boat. 
Why? Why, Doug? Why? Wait, you're the one that brought it up. So I the um island? Lonely Island. Lonely, Lonely island. island boys. Yes. All right. <sighs> yeah. All right, so an officer and a gentleman. Where can we find an officer and a gentleman? Nowhere. Nowhere. Just on your platform? <laughs> Just on my platform, yes. It right. is not it is available on Amazon. It is not available on Amazon Prime. However, anybody that really wants to watch a movie, I really suggest actually going to your local library. Almost all local libraries have movies available for rent, or not rent, but for lending. And I'm sure that they have an officer and gentleman on DVD and or Blu-ray. Yeah, and the thing with Amazon Prime, too, is if they don't have it for free, it's usually $3.99 if it's an older movie. Um, and that's obviously what we're doing. So, I mean, if you really want to follow along, it's $3.99. It, it, I would pay, you know, the fact that you're getting this podcast for free, you could pay the three ninety nine to watch the movie. So Cheap the bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Chislers. So, all right. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. There's a lot to pick out there uh, in the podcast universe. We appreciate you taking your time and listening to our nonsense. If you want to reach out to the show and ask a question or tell us what you think, you can email us at betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook. The biggest compliment that you can give us is to tell a friend. Tell them, hey. If you like something entertaining with just enough cuss words to, and smut to satisfy your wild side, have I got something? Almost got through it, Doug. Yeah. You can subscribe, <laughs> re- rate, and review us where you download your podcast from. We know it's a pain in the ass, but come on. Give us five stars on iTunes. Leave a little comment. It helps with the algorithm and helps smart and good-looking people like yourself find idiots like us. See, what you should say is help hood rats or find hood rats like us because that would – it's been several weeks since you said hood rats. And I've used it one in one <laughs> podcast and I think I used it twice, whereas you've used refrigerator in two different podcasts. It's a perfectly cromulent word. So uh, do you have anything else for people, Doug? No, refrigerator. <laughs> Okay. Once again, thank you very much for everybody that has listened to this. We do appreciate any and all feedback. And anything you send to us, if you send us uh, audio clips, we may play them on the show. We probably won't. And we won't get any anyway. But beyond all that, thank you very much. We will talk to you soon. Two things, Plot Pipe and Hood Rat. Doug. (laughs) See ya.